Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. Today, I am joined for a conversation by Rita Zamora, a longtime thought leader in the world of social media and its impact on dentistry. Rita is not only a fellow Coloradan, but also a renowned speaker, author, and the owner of Connect90 and Rita Zamora Connections. In this episode, we'll discuss the power of social media for moving dental businesses forward and connecting with patients, especially in a post-pandemic environment. This episode is taken from a webinar hosted for Fortune Management clients. I'm looking forward to this enlightening conversation. Now let's get started. I'm Kim McGuire, host of this webinar this evening with Fortune Management. Thank you so much for joining. If you're joining in live, welcome to this evening's webinar. If you're watching the recording, thank you very much for spending some time with us. I'm very excited because I have one of my dear friends and fellow Coloradan and also a true expert in the dental industry when it comes to digital media marketing, Rita Zamora with us. Thank you so much, Rita, for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for the invite to be uh, here. I appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. I want to make sure everybody knows Rita has been in the dental industry for well over 20 years. She is an author. She is a speaker. She speaks all over the country. Um, in normal times and uh, of course, <laughs> with webinars as well. And what, what's so great about her company, Rita Zamora Connections, is she works with dental practices on how to create social media marketing that's authentic and customized to them. They hold your hand through the whole entire process. And I always turn to Rita for all of my social media questions for my own clients. And, and I've had several clients work with her. So it's just a, truly a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. We haven't done one of these in a long time. I know I've interviewed you a few times for the podcast. Tell us a little bit about what is happening right now with social media in, in general. Oh my gosh, there's always something new to report. Uh, social media changes every day. Um, and I have some updated statistics that we can talk about because Pew Research just released their 2021 research on who's using which social media platform. But I think overall, what we're seeing is that Practices are, you know, sort of struggling to keep up with everything with the content. There's some content fatigue out there. And, you know, with all of the changes that have gone on in the past year, some practices are struggling with coming up with what to post and asking a lot of questions, you know, do you have to be on Facebook and Instagram and Google my business and which isn't really a social media, but you can post content there. So just overall, there's just a lot of changes. <laughs> So talk a little bit about the fatigue that you're seeing, you know, content fatigue. Is that like they don't know what else to post? Tell me more about that. Yeah, I think, well, many practices are so busy right now, team members, you know, with all of the new protocols and everything that's gone on in the past year. And social media requires that you keep evolving, keep changing and trying different things, you know, posting different things. And some team members feel like, you know, it's just really hard to come up with ideas. It's hard to be creative if you don't have that time and that space. And some teams are dealing with, you know, new team members or trying to collaborate with team members that are at home. So they're just finding that they need some help with ideas or 
want to know what other practices are doing, what's getting results, you know, the engaging patients, that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Got it. So what kind of technical changes have there been in the last, say, 18 to 24 months? I think there's been some mm-hmm. things that are different. Yes. Yeah, a couple of things. I'll start off, first of all, by talking a little bit about Apple, changes to Apple, and then we can talk about Facebook business pages that are getting ready to go through a big change as well. But the big news in really the entire marketing world, not just social media, is the Apple iOS uh, 14 update that really is changing the entire face of marketing. We're not going to be able to rely on cookies anymore for ad retargeting and, you know, where you would go visit Nordstrom and check out some shoes and then you'd see those shoes later on on Facebook. Yes. No longer. Several times. Yeah. You can't, you can't get that anymore unless you elect to share, um, you know, your privacy with Apple and thus with Facebook and, and everybody else. So you're not necessarily going to be able to track people's every step um, on the web anymore unless they elect to do that. And it's really anticipated that not a lot of people are going to elect to share that private information anymore. So it's really going to change. I think we're going to enter a new era of marketing as a result of that. Interesting. So how do you think people need to change their approach? I think that a lot of, especially bigger companies that relied on that retargeting for those ads are going to start looking at things like loyalty programs, rewards programs, relying on things like email marketing, um, you know, texting to communicate with their, with their customers. Um, this is a great news for dental practices because you all hopefully have already been utilizing those tools to be able to keep in touch with patients. But I think the focus is really going to be on relationships and retaining customers for different businesses. And so what a dental practice can really think about, you know, moving forward is just that really a great emphasis on how can we continue to strengthen our communication, uh, digital communication and relationships with our patients. Absolutely. And what we've always said, of course, is that your digital media marketing or your social media is really staying connected with your patients on the web. So when you're talking to patients or to teams rather about this whole, like creating content, what are some ways, maybe, maybe, well, maybe some ideas, but ways that they can mastermind or what are some suggestions that you have for teams for coming up with content? Well, I think, you know, what they need to do is maybe, you know, take a look at what other businesses um, or maybe other practices are doing. So try and get some inspiration. And this is again, where it comes into play. How much time do you have? So if they're limited on time, then you want to look at outside resources For example, there's different hybrid social media programs that will offer to give you ideas. Be careful if someone's like giving you 365 ideas so you can make a post every day of the year because that's going to potentially overwhelm you again. And now you're going to have to go through and filter through all of these post ideas. So ideally, you would have some curated content ideas that you can get to just kind of give you some inspiration. So it really does almost take a village to manage social media these days and having an expert that you can turn to to give you some ideas if you're limited on time or you want to take advantage of those opportunities for outside help. That can be helpful if you're doing it yourself and just really trying to keep a pulse on what's going on with Instagram, with stories, possibly with TikTok, definitely with Facebook. You know, you just have to keep mixing things up every so often. 
Okay, great. And here are some questions I get a lot. How many these days, how many times a week should we be posting? And should we be posting the same content on Instagram and Facebook? Those are some questions I hear all the time. Yeah. So uh, generally I would recommend that you're posting at least twice a week. Um, you can get away with posting a little bit more on Instagram and Instagram is a different platform. It's very aesthetic driven. It's a really positive place and positive content is hot right now. Anything that's um, positive or inspiring for people, there's data to back that up. Those are two of the most popular topics researched on Pinterest. But um, if you want people to follow you on Facebook and Instagram, ideally you would mix up your content on Instagram to look a little bit different, making sure that you're using attractive images or photos or video snippets and um, just kind of taking a little bit of time to personalize your content for those nuances. But I would tell you nine times out of 10, I see practices kind of posting the same thing just because they're limited on time. So. And are you still suggesting, you know, creating sort of like a media calendar where you have planned posts and then mixing up with the um, spontaneous posts? Yes. So good, Kim. I can see that you will remember that information. I would say the majority of practices, I know it's Mm -hmm. so good, but most practices are not utilizing a content calendar yet. Um, for whatever reason, but because you have so many opportunities to post content now, like I said, to Facebook, Instagram, Google My Business, um, which isn't a social media, but you can actually post content there as well. So um, an easy and efficient way to handle this uh, social media marketing for multiple platforms is to use a content calendar and a scheduling tool where you can look at your strategy for the month ahead And all of this ties into your bottom line. We can talk a little bit more about that if you'd like. For sure. I do. Before we get into the profits, because I know that was part of the theme of of this evening's webinar, let's talk a little bit about where, first of all, I've heard that there's almost, what, 8 billion people on the planet. So where, (laughs) where are all these people on social media? What are some of the statistics that you're hearing these days? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, Facebook has gotten a couple of black eyes in the past few years. Um, There are some people that love Instagram that want nothing to do with Facebook, or sometimes you'll talk to especially younger people and they're like, I'm not on Facebook. I don't have anything to do with it. But then you find out a little bit later, I, I run across this a lot with younger team members that say, I'm not, you know, I don't ever use my Facebook. But then we start talking about how you can use Facebook for business purposes and how you need to learn how to use it for your practice. And then I find out they have been posting on Facebook pretty regularly. So I'm like, Oh, were you just embarrassed or you didn't want us to know? Because their parents are on there, right? They say, well, my mom is better on there. I don't want to be on there. Right. Yeah, exactly. But um, Pew Research just released all of their new stats for 2021, which, you know, I kind of geeked out on because I'm like, what's happening here? And it was about 70 some percent of 18 to 29 year olds say they often use Facebook. So I think they're kind of forced to use it sometimes because of school. I mean, I recently lectured to a bunch of dental students and they were forced to use Facebook because their instructor had different um, activities and things that they had to, um, you know, connect about on Facebook. So I thought that was really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Even though there's a lot of deniers, there's a lot of people still using Facebook. 
yeah, they're like secretly using it. So are we still seeing though that women age, you know, 35 to 55 or whatever that, that group of people that make a lot of decisions for their families. And when it comes to healthcare or groceries or whatever it is, are we still seeing the majority of them on Facebook? Yeah, for sure. There's about 77% in that age range, Okay, sort of like your Gen Xer um, age range. They the forgotten generation because it's usually always all about millennials or Gen Z that we hear about today. Right. Um, and they're also more and more so using Instagram. It's about 40, 69% of the U.S. that's active online using Facebook and 40% on Instagram. So the Instagram numbers are rising. I think Facebook's yes. kind of flattened out. Um, in their usage, but Instagram, you definitely need to have that for your practice. So I see it go both ways, practice team members that love Instagram and don't want to use Facebook or people who love Facebook are like, do I really have to get involved with Instagram? Why? <laughs> so. Right. Do you feel like Instagram has the same power as a, as a business platform that Facebook does? It does. Yeah, for sure. And even though there's a smaller audience there, there's just um, a different vibe there. So there's an opportunity for um, practices to network and sort of do some virtual handshakes with other businesses in the community that might be really active there and not as active on Facebook. So you could follow, you know, local businesses or nonprofits or influencers that might be patients or just influencers in the area. Think of like your local realtor, the local coffee shop you know, any patients that have a public profile, it would be weird for your practice to try and connect with them on Facebook, but it's totally acceptable. And just a part of that friendly Instagram open vibe that you get, um, where you could take advantage of those opportunities there. Okay. I love that you're saying that can, for, um, an Instagram page, business page, it can tag other businesses, right? Is that yes. what they do? They can tag. And then talk a little bit about hashtags. Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking because that's really one of the most important tools that practices need to be using if they have an Instagram account. And in fact, I'm happy to offer a hashtag how to a download resource to your viewers. They want to just uh, shoot me an email at Rita RitaZamora.com. I'm happy to send you this PDF download that explains exactly how hashtags work. But you need to think about hashtags as sort of a way to um, be discoverable. So if you're not using location hashtags in particular, you're really limiting your visibility. So you want to think about using, for example, in Denver, we might use hashtag Denver. And any post that has hashtag Denver in it is uh, going to be included in sort of think of it as like a little search engine where people can visit this particular hashtag and find every post that mentioned hashtag Denver. You can also follow hashtags on Instagram, but think outside of the box beyond, I mean, what would you say, Kim, what are other nicknames or neighborhoods in Denver? Well, right. Like Cherry Creek or, uh, we can't, uh, you know, um, Central Park, not Stapleton anymore, obviously yes. um, downtown Denver, uh, Wash Park, you know, there's very niche neighborhoods. And then, mm -hmm. and then like you're saying, so people will follow that specific hashtag. Um, what are some other dental specific hashtags that people would want to use? Yeah. So then um, beyond that, you can also use things specific to whatever it is you're trying to promote. And it's not necessarily going to get you business. I mean, what's going to be a business driver is your location hashtag. 
And so you can add, sort of think of it as adding a little bit of spice to your entree. So you can add something on there like hashtag cosmetic dentistry, hashtag smile makeover, but there's going to be so many posts about these hashtag dental implants or whatever it is. There's going to be so much content about those particular topics that you're not necessarily going to probably get lucky to get a patient that was like, I'm just looking for a smile makeover because they're going to see content from all over the world, really. Right. The world. So, seriously. We have yeah. one question about hashtags um, in the chat box. Um, Dr. Adler's asking hashtags seem to be just categorizing. Wouldn't you want to use the at like tagging other businesses instead? Oh, for sure. If you are going to mention a specific okay. business yeah. or if you're giving someone a shout out, then mm -hmm. you could definitely tag them. And the chances are that they might share your post or if you're making an Instagram story, for example, then they might share that. So. Right, right. So yes, I think both are important. And it sounds to me like people are following, like there are some hashtags on Instagram that I follow and it is kind of fun to see what ends up coming up. Let's back up a little bit. Do you work with your clients, um, Rita, on really coaching them on figuring out what their ideal patient is and what their brand is when they're really looking at, especially with, with um, Instagram, because it is so visual and it is so about what you see, right? Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you help people define that? Yeah, I think, you know, and we work with clients in a couple of different ways. You know, definitely if they're a fully custom client with us, we go into a lot more detail to make sure that all of their content is personalized. Any colors that we use in their posts would be colors that match their logo or their brand from their website. We talk about, you know, how they want to be perceived online, um, you know, thinking of adjectives that describe how you want to be perceived what your goals are, what kind of treatments that you want to be doing more of. Um, and then we have our hybrid Connect 90 program where practices, team members are uploading their own photos and sort of putting that personalization on the content themselves. Okay, great. Okay, great. Let's talk a little bit about how much should they be doing promoting, you know, that they do Invisalign or whatever or implants, and then how much should it be about the team and the fun atmosphere that they're creating in their culture, I should say. Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that because usually, as you know, most of the providers that we work with are very meticulous and they want to know exactly what the formula is. And so in general, I would say about 80% more, you know, social type of content, and then 20% should be practice building content. Okay. And that's where having that scheduling tool, that content calendar in place is really helpful. Because if you're just posting spontaneously, like making a TikTok video or having fun with Instagram reels and just kind of doing it whenever, it doesn't allow you that opportunity to have a strategy in place. So if you're thinking ahead and, and you can certainly do that and have fun in between, but have that structure, like you mentioned earlier, okay. where you're thinking, okay, we really want to grow our Invisalign or our ortho effects or whatever clear aligner therapy, you know, treatment that you're wanting to promote, or if you want to promote dental implants, and then you want to make sure that you're mentioning those particular topics on a consistent basis and having a content calendar and a strategy in place is really the only way that you can do that. So let's say they want to promote both clear liner therapy and, uh, and implants and I don't know what else, you know, something else, would they do a couple of months of one focus and then switch, or would you say to mix it up? How, what are your suggestions there? 
Yeah, it just really depends on the practice goals. So, you know, if a if a practice is really all about clear aligners or smile makeovers, and that right. is really all they want to do. And I would say a great example of this is, um, do you know of Dr. Brian Harris? Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's really just like a guru on Instagram. And that's a great example of a highly focused strategy. So if okay. you look up Dr. Brian Harris on Instagram, you'll see exactly at a glance when you look at his Instagram grid, what type of patient he's trying to attract. It's smile makeovers, veneers. You can see exactly who his ideal patient is. And he's in Arizona, Kim, as well. Mm -hmm. So um, you can see exactly what type of patient he's trying to attract and what type of procedures he wants to be doing more of. And that should be what your patients are getting from your social media as well. So I don't think there's any real hard um, rule about you have to do this, you know, it's kind of anything goes. And that's the great thing about social media is that you can keep trying different things and something's not working. You can shift your strategy and try something else. So, and once you've created this calendar, whether it's on a Google drive document or whatever it is, do you suggest that you have one sort of that, you know, Facebook geek that Fred Joyelle used to say, or (laughs) person handling it? How do you, how do you suggest that our doctors really create accountability on their team for this? Yeah, it's, you know, having a system in place, just like anything else that you have a system in place for in your practice is so important for social media. And I think we're now reaching a point where it's been 10 years since Facebook pages were first introduced. It's, you know, social media has grown up and most businesses today know that you have to have a social media strategy, not just to attract new patients, but you need to have it in place just to show that you're current and to be able to communicate with patients in the way that they want to communicate digitally. So you definitely need to have a content calendar and a scheduling tool in place if you want to be able to save time. So it can be very affordable and very inexpensive for you once you start getting these systems in place. And then, I mean, that's exactly what we've done to serve our clients over the past 10 years is utilizing these exact systems. I love it. I love it. And, um, and talk a little bit about, um, oh, I want to talk about TikTok, but also just video in general. I, you know, you're seeing more and more videos, do audio on audio off, you know, we have patient testimonials. A lot of our practices are really bringing those in. Should, is that, should that still be an emphasis? Yes, um, absolutely. And in fact, that was one of the highest, um, the biggest stats on Pew research, their 2021 research was YouTube just about everyone who's online, 81% of our U.S. population is um, using YouTube on a consistent basis. And it's everyone except for like the 65 plus audience. They haven't necessarily gotten on board with that. Doesn't mean that they're not using it, but um, YouTube incredibly popular. So any of those videos that you have, um, make sure that you're creating a YouTube channel for your practice if you haven't already, because that's a tremendous opportunity for you. And then, of course, maybe you're using Facebook Live, another great way to get some visibility or just really any video that you can create and sort of populate it in different places. Okay, great. If you were to create a video, put it on on YouTube, and then, of course, you um, you put that on Facebook and Instagram and or Instagram. Do you um, is that a better strategy than a Facebook Live? Talk about the differences. It just depends. So if you have 
an audience, a good following on Facebook. Um, that can be a place where maybe you're going to do like a lunch and learn. You're going to talk about smile makeovers or dental implants and think about frequently asked questions around those topics. And you can try and do a couple of Facebook lives there and see how that goes. And then, you know, try and create some unique videos for YouTube. And you can then see where are you getting, you know, more viewership? Are people seemingly watching you more on YouTube or are you getting more views on that Facebook live? So I would recommend doing a couple of different things. And remember, Google owns YouTube. So that's just going to help you with your overall visibility as well. SEO search. Exactly. So it's, and and you're bringing up a great point. You really need to look at what posts got the most action, right? The most views, most likes, the most comments. And for your particular audience, isn't that, I mean, you, you need to have that guru really taking a look at that. Yes. And I want to sort of bust a myth because I think some people tend to tell themselves these stories about, you know, nobody wants to see about dental implants on social media. Nobody's going to watch, you know, this video about, you know, whatever. And there's a doctor friend of mine. I recently interviewed him, Dr. Lynn, and he's based in Arizona, actually a urologist. And Uh he said, you know, I realize that, you know, probably more women are active on social media than men. And he went ahead and dove in anyhow and created all of this content on Facebook and YouTube about urology. And he has patients that are flying in men from across the country and driving miles and miles to see him because they tell him, we feel like we already know you, whether it's a simple procedure or a more involved procedure He's really created a unique niche and a name for himself just using social media. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And so like, I love, don't have any limiting beliefs around, you know, promoting what you actually do and using video and having fun. Talk about TikTok. I have all these kinds of people ask me, should I be on TikTok? And I don't know if I have a great answer for them. So what do you think, Rita? Yeah, well, it's always been true that whatever platform you're really passionate about, you're probably going to do well with it. So if it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok that you love, you're probably going to do really well with it if you're managing that social media yourself. And I mean, I even have to say that I had kind of brushed off TikTok, like, you know, who's going to watch that? I'm not really sure that they're going to reach a mature audience. Well, there's a woman, people can look up this woman, Princess, I think it's Princess Glitterhead. It's just a really corny um, username, but she's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, on Facebook, and she talks all about dentures and dental implants. And she literally can... Uh, removes her implant retained denture. And at one point, one of the mini implants comes out while she's doing the video. Um, But it's been so great. I mean, when I was doing treatment coordination back in the day for the perio practice, I was like, oh my God, I would have given anything to have this video because not only did she, you know, talk very authentically about this implant failure, but she went on to say how she's going to have it replaced. She had it replaced. She's like, I would totally do this all again. I mean, she shows you what she looks like without the dentures and with um, the implant supported denture. And it's amazing. She's just trying to break the stigma around being toothless and around these treatments. So if you just Google woman on TikTok with dentures or look up uh, Princess Glitterhead, I'm pretty sure is her username you will find all of her content. And that just is, again, a myth buster that who's going to want to 
watch a TikTok about dentures or dental implants. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So would you suggest that our practices reshare her stuff or just make their own funny videos themselves, like, you know, or both? Yeah, I think they could, you know, uh, take a look at several different videos and see what you think. And, you know, definitely creating your own content is really great because that's how you're going to position yourself as an authority on this topic. So even if you're sharing the link, share some commentary about what's different about the dental implants that you use. Maybe you don't use mini dental implants because that could be a potential risk that they're not as predictable. I mean, I'm not trying to explain this from a clinical standpoint, but just, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can create the TikTok video and then repost it right to Facebook and Instagram, right? You can use that. There's some, Mm -hmm. you know, word going around that Instagram doesn't like you reposting the TikTok videos because of course they want you to use their own product, which is Instagram reels. There's also an interesting article and I can share the link with you if you want to post it with a recording. It was a Wall Street Journal article that said, you know, what are you going to find on TikTok? Average Joe's. And they were sort of joking about Joe. You remember the guy with the skateboard and the um, cranberry juice and the Fleetwood Mac song? I mean, everybody (laughs) saw that. Uh And he literally made a good chunk of change from that particular TikTok video But now they're like the way the algorithm works for TikTok, it's different than other social media. And it's not easy to continue to get that viewership and to maintain that celebrity, if you will, on TikTok, like you might on other social media. So it's, it can be very time consuming Uh, time is money and it might be expensive to create, you know, try and create a viral breakthrough or to get that visibility unless you're being incredibly raw and authentic like this woman is with her dentures. I think what you said earlier about whatever you're passionate about or a team member is passionate about, go for that and get really, really good at it. Tell us a little bit about, you mentioned if you have a large following, what do you consider a large following? And a second question maybe is, how are you finding people are getting more likes and follows? So a couple of things, Erin, and the one thing I want to say is you might have your own personal favorite on social media platform. Maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's Facebook, but remember, we're going to utilize social media to grow your practice. So you want to try and expand that visibility um, to a number of different places. So don't let that social media bubble that you live in trap you. So start looking at things from that perspective. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the first thing. And then what's really working today with practices, it depends on where you're at, what you want to try. So for example, what we're seeing with some of our practices, you know, and what can be a good number of followers, it might be 200, but it's high quality. I mean, if you have, um, there's an Instagram grader tool, like an Instagram analyzer, that's been very interesting because you might see an account that has 10,000 followers and say, we want to be that dental practice. But if you check out their account on the Instagram analyzer, their engagement, meaning the number of people that are interested in you is really low. It's not going to benefit you. So I think that number is different for everybody, but you want to try and grow your following organically and have it be high quality. That is really interesting. So is the Instagram analyzer, is that part of Instagram or do you Google that as a separate website? I can give you the tool, actually, the URL, it's free and you can put any public Instagram account into that analyzer and it's going to let you know 
the engagement rate and a good engagement rate is about 1% generally, but in dentistry, we have our own unique niche. So it might even be a little bit lower than that. Um, but I think you can also just kind of determine how healthy is our Facebook or Instagram based on how many followers are you continuing to get? Are patients engaging with your content? And yes, they are still doing that on Facebook. I see this um, every day with our, our clients, just the things that they're doing. And it could be as simple as trying a different type of photo or a video snippet. Or like I said, you just have to keep sort of keeping things fresh all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying too, is that like, if you don't really want to go down the TikTok road, getting back to that, you can use that, what Instagram has with their videos and what Facebook lives and each of these platforms have so many different, um, er, you know, areas to, to get your message out. So are people still just asking for likes, you know, kind of a, Hey, have you liked us on Facebook kind of thing? Or are you following us on Instagram? Oh, I'm glad that you asked that because there is a new Facebook business pages experience that is rolling out as we speak. And I'm recommending to our clients that they do not accept it yet because okay. it is full of bugs. Um, one of the biggest bugs is that third-party scheduling tools will not work yet on those new business pages. So if you are using a tool like Buffer or Hootsuite, um, unless you're using Facebook scheduling tool, they're still having some issues with third-party tools and Facebook will get to it whenever they get to it. That's sort of how they work. Mm -hmm. And um, the other changes are they're eliminating Facebook likes. Um, so you want to make sure that you have followers. So if you have 500 likes on your page, but only a hundred followers, first of all, it's like, why did people like you? And then they unfollowed you. Um, because oh. they generally would be automatically enrolled to follow unless they clicked unfollow. So you can also encourage your page likes to follow your page to be sure that they're following your page if they want to keep in touch with you. So that's okay. a big change. The other thing that's happening is reviews, which are now called recommendations. Facebook saying that they're going away. I don't know if that means they're just kind of morphing the recommendations into another um, another name or they're going to, you know, present them differently. But what I would do is if you have really awesome testimonials and great reviews that you want to save, make some screenshots of those and just keep them for future use in post, because I don't know what's going to happen with those. And there's a few other things that are going to be changing with these new business pages, but those are wow. some of the biggies. That's yeah. some amazing advice. Boy, I hope you all are taking notes. I'm going to have to rewatch this thing and take some more <laughs> notes. So uh, let's talk a little bit about profitability. How are you seeing um, practices utilizing social media to be actually more profitable? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this subject is that people see social media as something you're only going to use if you need new patients or you're only going to use it as kind of a nice to have, right. but especially because of the pandemic, more and more people got comfortable using digital forms of communication. So we're seeing more and more patients using Facebook messenger, Instagram direct message. So this is a communication tool for you. It's what shows patients out there that you're current. Um, they know that's where they can go to get, you know, updated information and sort of check you out before they become a patient. But think about the return on social media as a direct result of the communication you provide there. So in business school, 
you know, I spent my time at the University of Colorado. We had a whole semester on healthcare communication, and we learned there that communication is directly tied to patient satisfaction. So it can help you to reduce patient anxiety. It helps you to build trust. And that in turn is what helps feel patients feel comfortable coming in to become a new patient, accept your treatment plans, refer their friends and family, leave you reviews, and all of those things are tied to your profit, your bottom line. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, what I love about it is, you know, one of the things we talk about in Fortune is that there are three ways to grow a business. And one of them, of course, is more new patients, which is what social media obviously does. Another area, though, is higher frequency coming in more often. So like you're saying, you know, having people feel connected to the practice and coming in more often. And then, of course, the third way is having their, the patients or the customers spending more money when they're there. So I know I've had practices say, oh my gosh, you know, one of my patients left and went and got, you know, Invisalign or clear aligners at the ortho practice. And they didn't even realize we did it here. And I say, gosh, that's why we have to communicate to our patients what we do so that they can spend that money in our practice and not have to go somewhere else. So yeah. um, I think that's, that's really wise. So good. I'm glad that you brought that up too, because I used to hear this a lot, you know, as a treatment coordinator, when I was working in the office for a perio practice, we would have patients come in for their dental implant surgery. And then when they were done, I would tell them, you know, now we're going to refer you back to your general dentist so they can restore the implant. And it was quite often, Kim, that we would hear them say, oh, my general, my dentist doesn't do implants. And we're like, well, yes, they do. They, they're going to restore it for you. We only do the surgery here. And they're like, well, can't you just do the other part here? And we're like, no. So the patients were being referred. They had no idea that their dentist even did dental implants. And you're right, whether it's clear aligner therapy or dental implants, you've got to be posting about these topics consistently. And that's a number one concern we hear from clients, they come to us and they're like, our social media is really not helping us. We're posting about National Chocolate Chip Day and National Flip Flop Day or whatever. They're like, how is this helping? Uh -huh. And we're like, well, you need to be posting about those treatments that you want to do more of. I mean, you may not get 100 likes on your post about dental implants. Um, this princess glitterhead that's posting about, you know, these topics in her authentic, engaging way could but um, it's a way of just informing people when they visit your page that this is a treatment that you provide. You're going to become known as an authority for those specific treatments. So you've got to have that content calendar and scheduling tool, those systems in place in order to benefit yes. from it in that way. And, you know, uh, I love this is such a great conversation. And I, I we're talking about really big, you know, a bigger treatment like implants or clear aligners. We also forget that, you know, a lot of our practices are doing, you know, laser in the hygiene department and they're really emphasizing fluoride and the importance there. Or a lot of them are selling Oracare, which is a great, you know, rinse that we have. And so even promoting those little things and showing that the practice really cares about the total health of the patient, all of those things can reinforce them when the patient comes in. It's like, oh, yeah, I saw that you do laser therapy, you know, um, and then the, the hygienist can talk about that. So um, I, I love all those ideas. So when they have a team meeting, they can do a big mastermind on all the different areas or ways or things that they can do to promote, to promote these different things. Are you still seeing people use those boomerang, those boomerang videos? <laughs> silly little thing. <laughs> yeah. And remember, you know, you might see it all the time and think, you know, oh, that's old. You know, we've been there, done that. But for a, a practice to use it for their patients to see, it could be totally fresh and different. 
you know, and it might be holding your product that you want to promote or whatever it might be. But um, I think we have to realize that, you know, because of the pandemic, patients are more willing to, you know, read and learn information about what's going to help to keep them healthy. Another important statistic to keep in mind, this is Dr. Mark Wolf, who was the dean at the U of Penn um, Dental School, said about 20% of your patient base was fearful about coming in to see the dentist pre-COVID. That's a pretty big slice of the pie. So since COVID, you know, does that add another five, 10% on top of that 20%? We don't really know, but there's a pretty significant portion of your patient population that is nervous about coming in about, you know, wants to know about your sterilization and decontamination. And so you've got to keep posting about that because all of your patients have not been in since the pandemic. And now as more are getting vaccinated, they're going to be more open to coming in. So let them know, here's a touchless experience at our practice. Here's what you can expect. And, you know, just keep sharing that information to help to keep them feel safe because you all know you've got this. It's the safest place to be in a dental practice, but your patients don't know. And there's a pretty good percentage of them that still need that reinforcement. I'm so glad that you brought that up because because, you know, now it's, we're recording this on May 11th and we've been back for a year, most practices, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little more, depending on where you are in the country. And we are used to our air filtration systems and all of our PPE and all of that. And I keep telling my practices, if you've got fearful patients, we need to do a video. They need to know that you're safe um, because you know that. And so it's kind of old hat for us, but they don't know, they don't know that. Um, or maybe they haven't realized that or, Um, Just like that saying that a a human being needs to see the image, what, seven times for us to really get it. So repeating our posts and reutilizing our posts, not all the time, but, you know, maybe every once a month you can repost something. Gosh, so much great information. If you have any questions, viewers, by the way, put your question in the chat box and I can ask our our expert here, Rita. Um, Somebody does have a question there. They wanted to know the percentage of content that we recommend again, which is 80% sort of more social and then 20% practice building. So 20%, you can kind of be a little bit more salesy, um, you know, about what types of procedures you want to be known for and and what do you want to grow more of in your practice. But remember when I say 80% social, it doesn't mean it has to be completely unrelated to your practice. So an example of that might be, here's five fun things you didn't know about Dr. Smith. Um, He loves, you know, his favorite dessert, chocolate chip cookies, or her favorite type of music. You know, we did ask like our doctors some really corny questions recently. And we tell them you can switch it out with something that's more conservative if it's more on brand for you. But we said, you know, answer things like what um, time frame or what era era would you um, love to go back to? And I was kind of shocked. Like a bunch of them said the roaring twenties. I'm like, is that a timely (laughs) because of now, you know, he said, what super hero power would you want to have? You know, and a lot of them said flying or, you know, just trying again to sort of mix things up and let people know. And it might be, what's your favorite hobby? And it could be, you know, gardening or cycling or whatever. So it's just sharing social topics that you can still tie to your practice in some way. Some of those social topics might also be giving a shout out to a local business. So we know that bars and restaurants, um, you know, coffee shops, they're all still in this recovery mode as well. And so giving a shout out to your local favorite coffee shop or your favorite restaurant 
or doing a giveaway. Those are all things that are social in nature, but they can still be tied to give your practice benefit in that way. And what I love about that is that, you know, like attracts like. So if I also wish I lived in the boring 20s and I was a flying <laughs> superhero, then I might, you know, be more attracted to that <laughs> practice. Who knows, right? But I, I know what you're saying, like, oh, I like that coffee shop too, or whatever. And I also think that our practices need to remember that uh, being authentic and showing their, their true self, that's, that's, all, that's all part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. They need to not be afraid to show kind of their personality. And also the other thing I was going to say, you mentioned it earlier. I, I'm, I'm always encouraging my practices, whether it's the doctor or the team members or a spouse to follow other dental practices or whatever, if you're a specialty practice, whatever it is, your patients only probably are following you. They're probably not following 10 dental practices. So if you're, you know, copying or, or, or getting inspired by different practices, I think that's a great way to do it. So Rita, what's a, what's a way where practices can follow other practices that are doing a lot on social media. Do you have a tip Mm -hmm. on that? Yeah. Well, an an easy way would be if you wanted to grow more clear aligner therapy or more dental implants or smile makeovers is to click on those hashtags in Instagram and you can use hashtags on Facebook as well, but generally they're not utilized um, to the extent that they are on Instagram, but there you might find some really great nuggets and some inspiration just by clicking on those hashtags and seeing what other practices are doing around those different topics. Love it. I love that. That's great. Just, just search it. Right. And then follow those, those other practices. And it's not that big of a deal to be following other people's practices. You're going to get some inspiration and always promoting, I think to the team members and showing their personalities, if they're having a birthday or if they have a pet or they like to go hiking or whatever it is and showing people's personalities is so important. So, yeah. And here's another example, Kim, and this is the type of idea that we help our clients with in our connect 90 community. So we're coming into graduation season. And so it's nice to give those graduates a shout out, especially because some of them may not be having in-person, you know, graduation ceremonies and things like that. So instead of just posting, um, you know, happy graduation to our local graduates, what we've asked our, our dentists to do in the past, and we'll do that again for this grad season is to say, let's put a throwback photo of you, whether it's the doctor or the hygienist, into this post and say, you know, happy graduation month to our local, you know, grads. We thought you might like to see a throwback photo of, you know, doctor or hygienist or, you know, office manager, whomever. And the patients love it because they're like, oh my gosh, you know, especially if it's a throwback from pretty far away, check out those hairdos (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. So that's where you can get inspiration for other practices and knowing that you're going to have your own photo, you're going to put your own spin on it. You know, we've had fun giving our clients, we give our clients, um, surprise them with a message board that they can personalize themselves. So it's not like a pre-printed sign that, you know, everyone else is using. So you can have fun with it. One of our practices, the hygienist put a message on there and said, we'll never complain about your big mouth here. And she's got her mouth wide open and just, you know, had a funny smiley face on her message board. And those are like 20 bucks on Amazon. I love those nice ones. Yeah, those little old fashioned, you can get on Amazon for yeah, 15, 20 bucks. And it's, you know, um, those signs were great for a little while, but that gives it more personality. Plus you can see what people come up with in the break room, right? I yes, love it. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Rita, so much 
information. Well, we are going to be posting this recording. We will send out the recording um, in an email to all of you who registered. And even if you didn't, I think we'll be putting it up on Fortune's website or at least as a podcast. So thank you so much, Rita. You've been a wealth of information as always. I, I learned so much and it's always so fun to really be inspirational and encourage all of our practices to really get out there and be themselves on social media and really help create that brand. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much for, for your time this evening. Thank you so much. Anyone, if you have questions, if there's something I didn't address that you want to ask, please reach out to me, um, Rita at RitaZamora.com. And like I said, I, I'm happy to share that hashtag how to uh, download with you. Um, check us that. out on connect90.com. We'd love to have you as a part of our Connect 90 fam. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Rita. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. Good night, everyone. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on fortune management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.